Hey, welcome to Crosswalk Church. Today, Pastor Dan is bringing you a teaching, so head over to crosswalkphoenix.com and find today's message under the worship tab. There you can download the Crosswalk notes to follow along. And now, here's Pastor Dan. Chapter 2, 19 and 20. And can we all read this together? Let's join in this first reading together, everyone. Consequently, you are no longer foreigners and strangers, but fellow citizens with God's people and also members of his household, built on the foundation of the apostles and prophets with Christ Jesus himself as the chief cornerstone. And so first of all, we we looked at this and we saw this little building project that we have, that each one of us, not only are the things we say can they build up, but what God is saying is that you, each one of us, each one of us here today is like one of these bricks And that we are all being brought together and we are part of the building. Sometimes it's called the building. Sometimes it's called the body. Sometimes it's called the bride. But as we look at this, it's it's all of us. We are part of this family. And so let's do the first fill-in. Because we are Christian, because we are Christian, we are family. We are family because of the work of Jesus. Because we are Christian, we are family. We are family because of the work of Jesus. This past week, a number of people from church went to a conference. And when we were at the conference, we stayed at a hotel. And because we stayed at the hotel, I got a survey this week saying, what did you think of our hotel? And, and what they are trying to do is get me in their rewards program, right? And so uh, they ask, can we ask you some questions about your stay at the hotel? And so the, it was relatively short, maybe took a minute, so I did it, and they, it was, we had a good experience at the hotel. But then at the very end, what, what they wanted to know is, can we have some personal information about you? And so some of the questions they asked me is, uh, what the category is, what is your age? What is your race? What is your gender? Uh, How much money do you make a year? How often do you travel? And and was this this a business or or leisure type trip? And so they, they ask all of these questions, and by doing that, they put me in a category. Right? And, and so they have me both by, so first of all, you divide it in half by gender. Then you divide that down even more by age. Then you divide that down. And then they have me in a specific group where there might be, I don't know how many people in the United States who would fit that category who answered the question exactly like I did. And that's the group I belong in. Or so we would, we would think. That's where they want to categorize you. But here's the deal, is that I have more in common with my good friend Michelle Malone over here, who's who's a different gender, who's a little different skin color than me, who is my sister in Christ, and what really matters in life, she and I have more in common than anyone that I would have answered the exact same questions on their survey. And you want to know why that is? Because Michelle and I are family. She's my sister. And that guy sitting next to her, that's my brother too. 
And, and so that's the beauty of it. When you have family, with the kids that were up here today, I have more in common with them. And I want you to think about that. I, I really want you to think about that because as we face the problems we face in our life, the problems that plague our country, things like racism, things like hate in between different groups of people, that it's really not all that complicated. Not when we look at it the way that God looks at it. You are my brothers and sisters. No matter what your background, no matter where you come from, brothers and sisters in Christ, part of the family through the work of Jesus Christ. Celebrate that every day of our lives. So now, what does this mean? Uh, We go to the next verses. So I tell you this, and insist on it in the Lord, you must no longer live as the Gentiles. Gentiles are, are non-Jewish people. They are the people who, who don't understand how God works. They don't have God's word. You do not think like people who don't have God's word think in the futility of their thinking. They are darkened in their understanding and separated from the life of God because of the ignorance that is in them due to the hardening of their hearts. Okay, what this is saying is that as you, you're thinking about building up the family and being part of the Christian family, a family of faith and building that up, that probably the, the biggest challenge we will have because of that or doing that is you and me. That inside of us, that even though we are forgiven by, the, by Jesus Christ inside of us, we still have a sinful nature. And that sinful nature, you can always tell because you get selfish. It's all about you. And all you care about is what you get. Now, what does that look like in my family? I, I think I have a picture here. And, and the picture is of our van. Uh, yeah, there it is. We, we had a minivan with five kids two adults, and so we had five kids, seven people in this minivan going on 10, 12-hour trips to South Dakota. And so these are the two captain's chairs in the front, and then in the back, oh my goodness, the, the, the dreaded, excuse my mouth, seat from hell for children. And that is because when you have five kids Two get the captain's chairs, and then three have to sit in the bench seat. And so what we had, it got so bad because no one in our family wants to sit in a place we call the middle back. The middle back. You would would have front right, front left, back right, back left. And what we would do, and then center back, middle back, we, we would put them in a hat and well, it got so bad that before we would go on this trip, and then at every, after each two hours, we would switch again. And I would put them in a hat, and each child would pull and go, <laughs> front right. And then, and then it would always be the child that would be middle back. Oh, and then immediately they would be, for the next two hours, they'd be upset. So what we decided is let's not do that. Instead of picking, let's just put a, a schedule together of who's going to sit where every two hours. We don't want that either because none of them ever wanted to sit in the middle back. My son said he's going to write a book about his life. It's going to be called Middle Back, growing up in the, the family of Dan Salofra. 
Okay, you can put that off. But do you see, do you see how little things like that were selfishness? All the, all the kids could think about in that moment was the fact that they did not want to be there. Forget about the fact there were four other brothers and sisters that also would need to sit there if they didn't. They didn't care about that. And that's where the selfishness, the self-centeredness is is such an issue. In the blank, you can write, self-centered thinking tears family apart. Self-centered thinking tears family apart. It is the evidence of a serious heart problem. And notice, this is the hardening of hearts. And, And in family, when your heart gets hard, you are in serious trouble. And just one sign, one sign of of the heart getting hard is when the tears of other family members don't bother you. That is the hard heart, when the misery of another family person doesn't bother you. Growing up with my brothers, it was easy that you stopped when there were tears or blood. That was the rule, right? That that's, that's when you knew that the, the fighting you did had gone far enough. And when the heart gets hard, even that is not enough. That you continue to go after them and, and go after them. And so the encouragement I have for you, and this is a confession part of this message, what are some of the selfish behaviors, behaviors that hurts my family? And I'm going to ask specifically, what are your selfish behaviors? You don't don't need to write them down for everyone to see necessarily. But it's something over the next next couple days that I'd like you to think about. I'll share a few of mine. One of them that I would say, and, and this might be for other dads out there as well, work is the most important thing in my life. Just this past week, just this past week, I, w- I, was, I, go, uh, I have a coach, I have a pastoral coach who keeps me on track emotionally and spiritually and physically. And he asked me what the top three stressors were in my life. And I said, the crosswalk pastor call, getting a third pastor, and the building project at crosswalk and making sure that's on track. And then the third would be the midtown, our, our next location, making sure that gets gets taken off and and goes well. He let me go for about a half an hour and then said, what is wrong with you? What is wrong with you? I'm like, what are you talking about? And then he asked what my identity was. I'm like, I'm Dan Slofra. Oh, that's right. I'm a child of God bought with the blood of Jesus. He said, well, if those are the three most important things in your life, that's not what your identity is practically. I, am, I feel like I am talking to the pastor of Crosswalk, not a brother in Christ. He said, how can your wife not make the, how can the one person that you've pledged the rest of your life to not make your top three? How can your family not make, well, because I'm serving Jesus and I know that's what he wants. Guys, you know, you say it this way. Well, that's what puts the food on the table. That's why I show my my love for my family by doing this work. I was just going to kick the blocks, but I don't want to do that. (laughs) 
So, so what does that get in the way? Does, does the, those types of things, it does for me, it, it's what, it shows the heart problem. Another one for me are words. Words. Mr. Erbiet, I apologize for making fun, not making fun of your Michigan shirt, but, but did you see? I can't help myself. I told him, nice shirt, I saw an M from Michigan, and immediately the next word, is his worst nightmare is to have pastor make fun of me up in front of church on Sunday morning because of what I'm wearing. <sighs> Shut your mouth, Dan. Can you, can you as, as Stephen said, if you don't have anything nice to say, can you just say nothing? No, I can't. I can't help myself. And so in the middle of that, each one of those that, that I don't realize for each, each one of my kids as they were growing up and for my wife as they are, are, are wanting love and to be close to me and build something that, that is, is connected, that I push them away, that I push them down and then wonder why they're giving up building up a family. And the final one that, that I'm going to say, I'll just do my top three. And, and my third one is probably anger. That, that when I get mad, it doesn't last very long usually. But that's probably what makes it even worse. Is that, uh, what's up with that? Is he like really happy and joking or is he really ticked off today? I, I'm a, I don't know what to expect when I walk through this door. And what does that do? What does that do for building intimacy and closeness? All of us, I, th- I think this is so important that, that you, you take a moment to, to get these down. That, that especially if you're in a situation where you feel like the people in your family or you have relationships with, that you're not building what you hope would be there, maybe to ask the question, what am I doing to knock this over? And if you don't know, ask. Ask, how have I hurt you? How have I taken the, the, the life and breath out of our family with the things I've done, with the things that I've said, with attitudes that I have? But don't stop there. Continue. Ephesians 4, to 24. You were taught with regard to your former way of life to put off your old self, which is being corrupted by its deceitful desires, to be made new in the attitude of your minds and to put on the new self created to be like God in true righteousness and holiness. On a daily basis, I get to confess these things that I listed above and then be reminded that I'm forgiven by Jesus. And not only am I forgiven by Jesus, this verse says that you were taught to, and and I'm going to say this again, you were taught You were taught, this doesn't just come naturally, you were taught that this is not okay, and then forgiveness comes, and then instruction. God's law is a guide that says, this is how you live in love. This is how you show love, with with the kind words, with keeping your anger under control, by making your family a priority in what you do. This is how we look at Jesus, and Jesus as our Savior also lives inside of us. And so as I continue to grow closer to Jesus, I become more and more like him. I put off the dance low for the sinner, the, the, the part of me that I can't stand and neither can anyone else. And this new part of me, made to be like Jesus, you have it too, all of us do, through the work of the Holy Spirit. In the blank, you can write, I need to be taught. 
I need to be taught to love like Jesus. He changes my heart by showing me unconditional love. And that hard heart, that heart that, that only maybe cares when someone's either crying or bleeding, becomes much more sensitive, becomes much more intuitive that I can start to look at nonverbal communication. I can pay attention to people that, that maybe even I can see, hey, are you doing okay? Hey, is something wrong? I, I just, I want to make sure you're doing okay. Created to be like Jesus Christ. And then the next words, and these were the words that the kids saw, do not let any unwholesome talk come out of your mouths, but only what is helpful for building others up according to their needs that it may benefit those who listen. This is a saying, and I'm telling you, you I already told you I struggle with this, and it's something to commit to, and that is every word that you say to another person should be like a, a little gift box with a bow on it. That every gift that I give, every word that I say to them is like a gift. Here, here is something I'm going to give to you uh, because I love and care about you and, and it's going to be something that you're going to want and it's going to be something that you value and cherish and will build you up. But we need to understand this and, and the next blank is being family is a building project. I don't, I'll tell you my thoughts when the kids were all putting the blocks up here. This is taking too long. Everyone, I'm losing the, the people here sitting there. They're all like, man, we're wasting like three minutes of church watching little kids put blocks up there. I wonder if maybe that was the most important part of the lesson. And that is building projects take time. And the bigger the building project, the longer time it's going to take. That's just reality. This is not something that is going to be fixed overnight. This is something that takes time. You can destroy it overnight. You can destroy it in one day, but you can't build it quickly. You can't, it, it's not something you can do fast. So in the next blanks, you can write, my family is not perfect. Let's do all three of these, and then I'll go, go and kind of talk about them. So my family is not perfect. The question, what needs to be torn down, and what does building look like? What does building look like? So what I decided to get is I thought about building and stuff that went on. So I have one picture of what perfect looks like. And this is, if everyone has those, okay, I think we have, there we go. That's the Notre Dame Cathedral in uh, Paris, right? And that is what every Christian family should look like. It's a place where Jesus dwells. It is, when people go by it, they go, oh my goodness, you have such a beautiful family. They're awesome. They, they are so, so cool. And I wish our family was much more like your family. Uh, and if, and if, People feel that way about your family? Congratulations, you have them fooled. Well done. Well done. You've put up... Because most families look like this. That families can be a, a train wreck. Here, here's the reality of it. One out of four families in Phoenix, one out of four, one out of four families in Phoenix will call the police 
because of a domestic disturbance in their home. One out of four, 25%. And if you think this doesn't infect Crosswalk, you're crazy. One out of four Crosswalk families will have the police visit because their, their family is burning down. And someone called 911, whether it was someone in the family or someone who lives next door to you that says, you better get someone over there immediately. Next, as we look at substance abuse in the family, when we look at those who have issues with alcohol and drugs and what that does, they're probably in, in the, um, the same category of maybe calling the police at some point. But now we've just gone to one in two families. That half of the family here, everyone over there is okay and everyone over here, your families are a mess because of drugs and alcohol. That's how many it is. And so, so as we look at this, Maybe I haven't hit what your family's biggest issue is, but I guarantee that there are times that families are not perfect, that some days they look like this, but what they need to look like is this. And that is the building project and the scaffolding. That buildings like that do not build themselves And even after catastrophic fires, buildings like that with enough investment can be restored, but it is going to take time. And and as you, you do that today, the first word for you is a word of hope. Your family, no matter where it is today, there's hope for you. There's hope for you in your family. There's hope for you in the family of Christ as well. That there might be some very specific things that, that, that need some help. Maybe some next steps from here is uh, for, for mom or dad to get some counseling. For, for maybe go and talk to a professional about a problem that I have that's affecting my whole family. And today I'm going to take that next step. And maybe it's going to be over time. Maybe this means I, I just have a, man, I, a very, very, very close friend of mine just texted me today. He, he, he is as close to me as anyone that I know. And a year and a half ago, he came down to Phoenix and, and uh, went to a recovery home. He was here for 120 days because of alcohol and just... It, it, his, his, his life was a complete disaster and mess. And a year and a half later, he, he, and he texts me at least once a week to say thank you because I visited him every week, gave him the encouragement of Jesus Christ that, that a year and a half he is sober and his marriage is being restored and his family is being restored. And yesterday, they took his oldest son to recovery for his son to go into a 90-day program, to which I say, praise the Lord. Praise the Lord that at least now, the, the, the issues that we're causing that have now gone to the next generation, that there is hope now. And, and now what's being done in, in his son's life is that the fire is being put out and the scaffolding is now being built. And it's going to take a long time. It's going to take a long time, but there's support and there's family and there's Christ's love and, and that's what's being offered here. What's being offered here more than anything else and I want you to leave here with today is there's hope. 
Do you realize what a big God we have and how powerful he is and what a difference he can make in your family and in your life? Jesus Christ came and took care of your biggest problem, which was sin. And now he continues to live in us and work through us to be here for each other, to, to, that no matter what we, we go through, it's not about our perfection, it's about Christ. And it's about a building project through his Holy Spirit. Here's just one way to do it. Children, children, obey your parents and the Lord, for this is right. You don't know where to start today? Kids, here's where you can start. Just listen to your mom and dad. Not rocket science. Just go home and say, yes, mom. Love you, mom. Thank you, mom. Thank you, dad. Okay. Children, obey your parents and the Lord, for this is right. Honor your father and mother, which is the first commandment with a promise, that it may go well with you and that you may enjoy long life on the earth. Fathers, you want to know where to start? Fathers, do not exasperate your children. And if you don't know what exasperate is, this would be, exasperate, the, the word aspirate means to breathe. Exasperate means that you make your kids go, that you make them, that's the, the picture of them, you, you leave them crushed. I can't, I can't make him happy. I can't, he frustrates me. He, he leaves me hopeless. But instead, the, at those times, and, and the times you do that is most likely with your words. What are you, stupid? What, can't you be taught? I, think of any derogatory thing that you could say to your children that would make them be frustrated. That's what that means. Stop doing it. That's what you need to stop doing. But instead, do not exasperate your children. Instead, bring them up in the training and instruction of the Lord. And that means that there is pointing out of sin and forgiveness. There is hope, the same hope that was just extended to you through Christ, that you become the agent of, a, of giving hope to your family as well. In the blank, you can write, children are called to obey, parents are called to build up and teach. And the final one, in case you just don't know where to go today, obey and build up. And the best way to build up is Ephesians 4.32. Be kind and compassionate to one another. Be kind. Kind and compassionate to one another. Forgiving each other just as in Christ God forgave you. Do you see how this is all connected? It starts with my relationship with God. He forgives me. As I go into my family, I can offer that same forgiveness. I, I can be kind and compassionate as God has been with me. In the blank, you can write, a necessity of every Christian family is forgiveness. It's forgiveness. And the question is, how am I going to be kind and gracious to people in my family to build them up? That is much harder, I'm just telling you. That if you were to ask me to come up with a hundred ways to rip on my family, it would be easier than a hundred ways to build them up. That's just honesty. That because it just comes sarcasm and, and cutting words and things like that, for me, it, it's saying, I need to stop. And I need to start thinking, what are the ways that God builds me up? What are the things that I like to hear that encourage me, that make me want to keep going as well? And to share those with my wife, my children, my family here at Crosswalk as well. 
letting you know that you are loved and valued and I care about you and you are the greatest gifts that God gives me besides Jesus Christ is you to be able to go on this walk of faith with you uh, in this life. You are my family. (laughs) You are. You are truly my family, my brothers and my sisters. We have everything that in com- we have everything in common that matters. We have Jesus Christ. We have God as our Father. We have the Holy Spirit working through the through the power of His Word. And and I'll take this time to tell you. First of all, I, I, I apologize for anything that I've said, and I'm sure there has been at times when I might have hurt you, and I didn't mean to, and I'm sorry. But also know this, is that I have this commitment to build this family. Uh, Forgive me as Christ has forgiven you. And let's continue to build each other up. Let's pray. Dear Lord God, we thank you that, that you bring us into part of this family. We thank you with Dorothea today that, that you brought her into the family through holy baptism. And we just give thanks and we applaud how gracious you truly are to us. Now, Lord, as, as we go to our own families, it might be a family that's on fire right now, that there might be issues going on that are very deep and very painful. And, and in the midst of this, Lord, first of all, give us hope. Help us to remember what kind of God you are, how great of a God you are. You are our maker. You are the one who has saved us. You take residence inside of us through your Holy Spirit. And for those miracles that that are needed to change families, Lord, that's what we pray for today. We pray for a miracle, uh, that you would bring about changes in hearts and lives to your glory. And and as we go from this, Lord, help us to continue to grow as family, as a church at Crosswalk as well. Help us to embrace people who on the outward might look different from us, but down deep where it really matters are, are just the same, our brothers and sisters in you. Lord, we thank you and and pray for your continued Holy Spirit to be with us. Amen. So, before we close, if you would like more information about Crosswalk or to listen to other messages, head over to crosswalkphoenix.com or come and see us. Services are held at Cesar Chavez High School at 41st Avenue and Baseline on Sundays at 9 and 11 a.m. Visit our website for directions. And now some closing thoughts from Pastor Dan. As I'm standing there singing, listening to this, it reminds me, when you go from here building the Christian family, the most work does not need to be done by me, needs to be done in me. And that is the part, as you go from here, where you go with grace. Lord, continue to send your Holy Spirit working inside of me through your word, through your promises to to make me be the, the family member, the building up person that you are to me and that I want to be to others as well. And as you go, go with the Lord's blessing. The Lord bless you and keep you. Lord, make his face shine on you and be gracious to you. The Lord look on you with favor and give you his peace. Amen. Have a great day.